Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransombello. Today we're going to continue from the balances um, conversation. The reason why it's called balances and not balance is because I'm talking about certain perspectives. I'm not talking about a doctrine. I'm not talking about the gospel. You don't balance the gospel. The gospel is balanced in itself. But people's perspectives need to be balanced. You need to understand certain things about life and be open to know that there is the much you knew which you appreciate, but there is much more you don't know that you need to come to know. And that's why it's important for you to have balance. Praise God. So the first conversation today will be the balance between silence and speaking. Silence and speaking. Silence and speaking. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 7. Let's just do from verse 1 first and then we understand the context in which it's speaking. Verse 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Then look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, a time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence. Somebody say with me, a time to keep silence. And a time to speak. Now it is important to know that, you know, um, why is these things are simple? A lot of people don't have this balance. Some people don't know when to hush, when to keep quiet, when to stop talking, and some people don't know when to speak. I realize that most times in relationships, people often have problems in marriages and relationships because they don't know when to talk and when not to talk. I've seen a lot of people who walk into a room and the first thing they do is they just talk. They take over the conversation without knowing the conversation. Without even knowing the history of the conversation. Without even knowing the spirit behind the conversation. And they just talk because they are wired to talk. But you see, that you are wired to talk, you must learn how to keep quiet and respect the voices of other people. So that other people talk, you listen, and then you also talk when you're opportune to talk. To be very candid with you, I saw this trait with Jesus and I want to show you in the scripture. Luke chapter 2 verse 45. Let's see that. Luke chapter 2 verse 45. And when they found him, this is the story of Jesus, his mother and the father looking for him and he was at the temple discussing. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. Now look at verse 47 of verse 46. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in a temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both, number one, both hearing them, and number two, asking them questions. Jesus was both hearing, and number two, he was what? Asking. So it means he was listening, and he was talking. It is important to learn how to listen and how to talk. As simple as this is, it can save your marriage. As simple as this is, it can save your job. It can, sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, be quiet now, don't say anything. 
You must learn how to do that. You must learn how to be quiet and be still. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, talk. You must learn how to talk. You must learn how to speak. It is pride when you think everything that is said or should be said must come from you. That's pride. But it is humility to know that some people have other opinions and I also have opinions, but the opinions of others must be respected even if you don't agree with the opinions. Talk to me somebody. So you must have a healthy balance between speaking and between silence. It is so important. Another important thing to know is that people who talk all the time and everywhere never learn. Because what you should have learned from somebody else speaking, you are talking all the time. So it's good for you to learn how to speak. Hush and stay still and receive the opinions of other people. In one way or the other, you're going to find something you've never heard before or you will learn. Let's see another scripture in Luke chapter Luke chapter 23 from verse 1. Luke chapter 23 from verse 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. Now this is Jesus interfacing with Pilate and Herod. I want you to see the approach with which Jesus dealt with these two These were two people in power. But how did he deal with them? Jesus said, and they began to accuse him saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation. And forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Are thou the king of the Jews? And he answered, Now Jesus answered him and said, Thou sayest it. You know, Jesus is a very wise man. He didn't even just say, Yes, I am. He said, Now you talk him. He said, You said it. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirred up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at the time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him, or questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. Now I remember the first guy, which is Pilate. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, you have said it, he answered. But Herod came and said, so many questions, asking him, probably, I think, those questions were inciting Jesus to do miracles. And Jesus kept quiet. Now, if you look at the overall purpose for which Jesus was in that place, it was to die. So when Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And he said, yes, or you said it. It will further incite the people or stir the people with anger to make sure he's crucified. But if Jesus answered Herod, who wanted him to do miracles, Herod might have spared his life because he's interested in miracles and say, I don't want this man to die, 
but I want him to do more miracles because the questions I'm asking or the things I'm requesting of him, he's doing them. So let's keep him more. But the purpose of Jesus was to die. Now, if you are in your purpose and things concerning your purpose, there are times where you must learn how to speak in favor of your purpose or sometimes silence will be the best way forward in favor of your purpose. So you must learn what the spirit of God wants you to do per time. You don't reply everybody. Talk to me, somebody. You don't respond to everybody. People who insult you, people who say things about you. You don't answer everybody. I found out in the scripture that the Bible says, answer a fool according to his fully. Then another place in the scripture, the Bible says, answer not a fool. So which one are we meant to do? Are you meant to answer the fool or are you meant to not answer the fool? It can be anyone, depending on the fool and the spirit of God. <laughs> Praise God. So it is important to have a healthy balance between learning how to talk. You know, I learned how to listen a long time ago. This is something I learned how to do in counseling, that if someone is talking to you, you must learn how to pay attention to what someone is saying. If you haven't learned it, learn it. When people are talking, learn how to pay attention to them. Learn how to listen to them. Don't just hear their words and let it pass through you. But learn how to empathize with people and learn how to talk and respond. Some people listen to answer, not listen to really understand. You know, there's a difference between listening to answer and listening to understand. But it's good to listen to understand, not just listen to answer. You know, or to give your point. I have my points written down, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to blast my point. No, it's good to listen to understand. Praise God. You must learn how to talk. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let me show you something there. Colossians chapter 4, from verse 6. Let's read this one together, everybody. One to go. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So say that with me. My speech will be seasoned with salt. Let's see the message version. Let's see what the message version has to say. Let's see what the message version. All right, it says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation. Not put them down. Not cut them out. When you're talking to people, don't put people down with your words. That's not how to talk. If you've been used to doing that, you can start to learn how to do differently. When you're talking to people, learn to lift people up with your words. The Bible says that here, the goal is to bring out the best. You are the one talking, but you are bringing out the best in somebody else. So the goal to speaking is to bring out the best in others. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, that a soft answer turns away wrath. That when, you, when someone is angry and begins to flare up in your presence, and you give the person a soft answer, you disarm the person from the anger. So the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. If you're in a conversation with someone, you can tell when there is going to be a problem from the way the conversation is turning. But it is pride on your part to just continue because you must problem, you like the problem. 
You must, the wahala must start. You must start. The, you even came for the wahala. Because many times when there is argument or when there is problem or when there is a quarrel, before the quarrel will tick, you would know from the tone of the conversation. And at that moment, when you know the conversation is going south, what do you do? As a wise master builder, what would you do? You go right. If the person chooses to go left, it is better you keep going right. The Bible says that a soft answer, what does it do? It turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. If you can be someone who talks a lot, but not a harsh talker. And you, the fact that you don't talk too much doesn't mean that your one-by-one one talking cannot be harsh. In fact, you can be shouting and you are not harsh. And you can be speaking small, small. Those small, small talking are the most painful, piercing, snarky. Those small retorts. You know, there are some people who are blessed with apt retorts. That's the, it just comes from inside. <laughs> they just know how to do it. Just, you know, you know how to answer with sarcasm and with condescending behavior. May God deliver us. Amen. Amen. Yes. The Bible says concerning the Proverbs 31 woman that she out of her mouth proceeds wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. In her tongue is the law of kindness. And please, this is not just about a woman. This is also about the man. In fact, I feel that a gentleman is the one who knows how to talk in the public. You don't incite you don't incite anger or controversy when you talk. You must learn how to talk. You must learn how to speak. Jesus knew how to speak. You must know how to talk well. If you say you are the Christ-like believer or your life is Christ-like, learn how to speak well. Learn how to talk. Learn how to be polite in your tone and in the words that you say. Praise God, somebody. Okay. Something else I want to show you. Um, I want to show you the balance between spiritual things and earthly things. This is number what now? You're the one taking the notes. At, what number are you? You're number 10 now. Okay. The balance between spiritual things and earthly things. The balance between spiritual things and earthly things. Spiritual things are good. Earthly things are good. But you must have a good balance between the two. It's important. It's very important. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 2. Let's start from verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. It means keep your mind there, keep your affection there. Verse 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 2 says, set your mind. Somebody say with me, set your mind. 
or since you're personalizing, say, I will set my mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Right? Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I want you to see what the word there says. It says, seek first. It says, seek first. The Bible is not saying don't seek for money. I mean, it's okay to seek for money. But the first thing you should seek for is the kingdom of God. So you must have a healthy balance between spiritual things and earthly things. It's not bad to look for money. All right? When I say look for money, I mean it in the way of, in the, uh, I mean it when I say working or you're pursuing a contract or, you know, you're doing business. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's important that people in church should learn how to work, right? But the Bible says, seek first. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 that we just read, it says, set your affection on the things that are above. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 8. Let me show you there. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So it means in providing for yourself, you must be one who is diligent in working. There's nothing wrong with working. So don't spite earthly things because you are a spiritual man. All we do is we are spirit, spirit people. We don't, we don't have time to mingle and to walk. Hunger is on the way. Hunger is on the way. Oh, I wish you could look for that scripture for me that says, um, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of, of your hands. So shall poverty hunger hunger with all the spirit of God you have you wake up by 1pm without a plan and you do that for one month and it is okay you are not listening to the spirit of God nah you're not the Holy Spirit in you is not lazy you are the one who is lazy it says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall not poverty your. Are you getting it? It means you created the poverty. It means you, you brought the poverty on yourself. It says so shall uh, your poverty come on you like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. Let's see the message version. I'm eager. Enough here, enough there. <laughs> I told you. <ya. laughs> a day of here, a day of there. Lazy, lazy, lazy. The first to say, Pastor, if I let me read first. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a death poor life. Poverty. <laughs> your permanent house guest. God forbid a bad thing. That's not your portion in Jesus name. 
I like enough there, enough here. Ah, that's so cool. Those of you who like naps, continue. Say, you're the first to always say, um, let me send a message to my boss. Boss, I'm sick today. Please, I can't come. You were sick three days ago. Today you are sick. On Friday, your boss is expecting your message. Don't worry, she's going to call sick. You think your boss is not noticing. Meanwhile, you are replacing yourself. You don't know. You are replacing yourself. You don't know. In up here, in up there. Poverty is waiting. In fact, it says a debt, poor life. It is a debt, poor life as the righteousness of God. Even the Holy Spirit inside you will be doing, hmm. <laughs> the Holy Spirit inside you. <laughs> Even demons will leave you because you are starving them. <laughs> the demons will be saying, this one, no, they chop. Let us go and look for who eats. Praise God. I'm just playing. Amen. But stop doing unpurposeful naps here, naps there. Just take it easy. Sit back. Take it easy. What comes next is clear. You must be diligent. So you see, seeking to do well in life is okay. There is no problem with it at all. Somebody say no problem with it. But you must put a healthy balance. Okay? A healthy balance between spiritual things. Somebody say spiritual things. And what? Earthly things. Set your affection on the things that are above, not on the things that are here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Have we done First Timothy chapter 5 and 8? We've done that? Okay, Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10. Let's see that. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10. It says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, Neither shall he eat. You see? So stop, stop hiding under the disguise of being members of church and you are always begging for money when your two hands can work. It is not a good behavior. Stop hiding under the disguise of he's my family member when you are hiding under the disguise of that and your two hands have capacity to work, your mind can think, your legs can walk, your body can work, you better get diligent about something. So it is very important and we have to be taught this. Let's see verse 11. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner. Not working at all, but are busy bodies. Verse 12. Now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat what? Somebody say work in quietness. Say that with me. Say work in quietness and eat your own bread. I decree upon you in the name of Jesus that your work will be productive, that you'll be able to eat your own bread in Jesus' name. So the Bible says, work in, don't work to oppress. 
He said, walk in quietness. Don't walk because you want to oppress people. He said, I'm going to show them my latest, my latest release this month. As you're walking, that's what is in your mind. It's to oppress. Even at work, you're already oppressing. The Bible says, walk in quietness and eat, right? Eat your own bread. It's very important. Very important. First Timothy chapter 6 and 17. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. You see, when we all do these things, we would reduce the prayer points in church. I'm telling you the truth. There was a man who came and I heard the story. I think it's a joke or so. The man was praying to God and praying and praying and praying. There was, there was a, another wealthy man who came and was praying. But because of the force and the vigor of the man who was praying, the rich man could not even hear what God was trying to tell him. He was not even coordinated in his speech towards God. And he just heard the man say, God, this 15K, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive. Sweat, I receive, I receive. He just called the man. How much are you looking for? 15K, come, take, 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 take. Go, don't discuss. I want to talk with God right now. If most of us are diligent, our prayer points will reduce. If many of you follow the teaching of balances, we'll stop having less marital issues. I'm telling you. I'm no more staying in this house. I'm angry. I'm leaving this house right now. In fact, I need a divorce. I need a divorce right now. At that point, you are angry. But by tomorrow, you will calm down. And you will say differently. But if you follow the teaching of balances, it's possible all those things happen because you didn't know when you should speak. And when he was angry, 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 you probably should have been just listening. Or when she was angry, you probably should just listen to her and hear what she's saying rather than talking. On the, you know, there's no wisdom when someone is talking and you're also talking. That's madness. It's good to learn how to let people speak. You listen, and when they are, but you know, some people won't even allow you to talk. They just be going, going, going. You have to cut. So, as I was saying, you have to just cut in between. So, the Bible says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be what? Haughty, nor to trust in uncertain what? Riches, but in the living God. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy? I have a question for you. I shared the scripture with all those who came for the workers' training. Does God want you to enjoy? Answer very confidently if you know that. I'm asking again, does God want you to enjoy? Is it a problem if believers are the richest? So don't fall for any conversation out there. Believers actually should be the richest. I'm telling you. There is no problem with wealth. There was a man called Archbishop Benson in Dahosa. He was the first to break the backbone of a thought that if, as long as you are a Christian or you're a believer, you shouldn't have too much money. What kind of talk is that? No, but I mean, it was a popular teaching back then in those days that if you're a Christian, to show how much you love God, you have to look raggedy and poor. No, what is the lamb that was slain to receive power and to receive riches? We're not meant to be poor. The desire and the plan of God for your life is that 
He gives you richly all things. Now, some very over-spiritual people will be saying, Pastor Phil, all things are spiritual things here. All things are all things. He gives you all things. Money in your pocket. Good house to live in. Good kitchen to cook your food. Good big rooms. Good. You have room. You don't even, there's no space for you to put your clothes inside room. He gives you all things to what? Enjoy. Can you say with me? He has given me all things. To what? To enjoy. He has called you to enjoy. He's called you to enjoy. The suspended Archbishop Benson, they drove him away because he bought a motorbike. The pastor. But when the pastor's wife was pregnant, about to deliver, nobody to carry her. They called him, said, come and use that, your motorbike. Please take her to the hospital. Archbishop Benson that was said to one man, a brand new Peugeot and an old one, which one do you prefer? The man said brand new. See, if you've never done brand new before, you are used to Okrika. <laughs> eh? Sometimes it's not because you don't have the money, it's the mind. You feel, if, I, if you look back, you'll see you've outgrown some things. There's a class of things you used to buy. You've gone past it. I'm living my best life now. Now. You are living your best life when? Now. So you want to wait, you are postponing. No. Live your best chop life. And enjoy. Chop. I'm serious. Enjoy. And let the people who are around you also enjoy as you are enjoying. I'm living my best life now. I'm living my best life now. So the Bible says that God gives you richly all things to enjoy. You know, there was a time I used to say to myself, what's the difference between what's the difference between business class and economy? Won't we all land the same time? <laughs> will the people in business class first land? Then those in the economy will be coming. Are we not all going to land at the same time? In fact, so that you are not disturbed, I will just sit just before the business class. As they are standing up, me too, I'm standing up. What's the difference? No, it's poverty mentality. Look, if you have the opportunity, the means, okay? The opportunity, the means, the freedom, the liberty to do business, enjoy it. Nothing is too big for you. Can I say that? Nothing is too good for you. You know what Jesus said? Jesus told his disciples, he told them, he says, go and bring the colt. That colt had never been ridden on before. That is tear rubber. And he said, when they ask you who is asking for it, tell them that your master, hey, even Jesus knows good things. 
When they were about to kill Jesus, they took his clothes. And the design of his clothes was seamless. All these things you see here wasn't there. It means the special craft that came with his dress was no joke. Soldiers were fighting for his garment. Soldiers. They had to cast lots for the garment of Jesus. Look, when certain things come for you to enjoy, enjoy. When certain things come for you to give, give. You're living your best life now. But you must have a healthy balance. So, go back to this scripture. Those who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty, nor what? Trust in uncertainty. It means that even though the things you are working for, looking at, are coming to you, don't put your faith there. You're not leaning on money. Stop leaning on money. Stop putting your faith in money. But put your faith in him who gives you the money. That's a healthy balance. That's why I say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's why some rich people, you can't talk to them anymore. Just because you have small one million now. now. Two million enter your account all of a sudden. Somebody says, slow down. The money don't they choke you. Choke, choke you. He choke. One is choking you. Do you know that woman who, that woman who broke alabaster box? Eh? If you calculate the money of that perfume, the woman's poured on Jesus. The Bible, if, if you look at it, historians say that that money is a year's wages. So let's calculate averagely the salary. Let's say 200,000 naira, averagely salary. How much is that in a year? 200,000, how much is that? 2.4 million. You buy perfume, 2.4 million naira. First of all, how are you going to be spraying the perfume? <laughs> hey, you spray like this. <laughs> perfume, 2.4. Nothing must escape. Oh. What? Perfume, 2.4 million naira. <laughs> oh God. If I some of you will open your mouth. But you know what the woman did? The woman did not spray on Jesus. She broke, poured it on his feet, and Jesus did not stop her. You think Jesus doesn't care for the poor? He does. There's nobody who is as compassionate on the poor as Jesus. He didn't stop the woman from doing that. In fact, some people were trying to stop her. He said, leave her. Learn how to enjoy you. So if her head does not fit you. If you don't know, I will tell you. Sometimes take yourself out. And learn to be taken care of. Sapphire doesn't fit you. But do you know what Jesus said? In all of these kind of things that Jesus did, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. With this kind of mindset, 
He knows how to enjoy. He knows how to smell good. He knows how to look good. He knows how to take care of himself. Some people cannot, even to bath. You know, to bath, at least it's cheap to bath. Just, just take your bath. That's all we are asking. <laughs> and this brush. If you don't want to brush for you, brush for me. Because if you're talking to me, it's a problem. And you know the people who don't brush? Halitosis. That's what it's called. They know how to open their mouth to pronounce words. Have you come out? <laughs> you know, and everything will just be oozing out. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. There was a day somebody was talking to me and, you know, the person was talking to me and the person kept... The, the person... So, I, as the person is talking, so I'll do as if... Something is distracting me. I'll not do like this. So the person is here. So the person noticed that the person will not come to my front like <laughs> Oh my God, man. Don't worry, that person is not a member of this church. If you don't want to bath for you, bath for others. Learn to take care of yourself. Get money, right? Learn to think about the future. Learn to plan for the future. Learn to seek for those things. It's okay, but you must have a healthy balance. You must have a healthy balance. Seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall, what? Be added unto you. Have we done 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10? We did. Have we done 1 Timothy 6 verse 17? Do you know it's interesting to see that even though Jesus saw Peter and he used Peter's boat, he was going to tell Peter, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. He already knew, but he still caught fish for Peter. Question, why did Jesus still catch fish for Peter when he knew immediately he would tell Peter, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. See, earthly things is not bad. But spiritual things are more important. So put your faith there. So he allowed Peter to enjoy the fish that he caught for him. He probably sold it and had some money. That's not a problem. But he still said to Peter, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Very important. Have a good balance of earthly things and spiritual things. Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. Let me show you a scripture. You know the parable of the sower? The sower went to sow. It says, now he who receives the seed, this is Jesus now giving the example. He who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes what? Unfruitful. You see, when you allow the, decept, the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world take upper precedence or dominance as a, over the things of the spirit, it's going to choke the word and you'll become unfruitful. Let's see. I wish you had the Living Bible. Can you, can you download it for me? The, okay, quickly. The, the Living Bible. 
of this Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. It says, the seed is the word of God. Some of us, the word of God is in our hearts, but money, money, money no go let you see road. Money, money. In fact, you've abandoned God. You've abandoned his house. You've abandoned your service towards him. Because money, money, money. Ah, don't be fooled though. For real. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. I've seen people who have worked and worked and worked and at the end of 40 years, everything comes to the ground. You know, it's better when you work and you know your work has some kind of eternal value. That one you can save it. Time can erase it, but you can save it. So make sure as you are working, you are using common sense with your work. If I let me not say common sense, you are using God's sense as you're working. So don't be fooled. Look at what it says. This the ground covered with thistles represents a man who hears the message. But the cares of this life and his longing for money choke out God's word. And he does less and less for God. That's the story of some people. They just begin to grow doing less and less and less for God. It's not as if they can't make time. Because they will make time for important things. Things that are important to them. How do you make time for those things? And you can't make time for fellowship. You can't make time. Come to church on Wednesday. No, 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 no. Wednesday, Wednesday, there's no time. I don't have time for... And the people you are going to say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. When it is 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, they have prayer time. They will shut you down, go and pray for 15 minutes and come back. Devoted Muslims have time for their God, have time for their devotion, have time for their worship. They have more money than you. Do you know that? See, the thing you are looking for, someone has it more than you have it. But the pers- that person is still committed to something. So you see, it's important that you must know how to draw the balance. You just become less and less and less committed. Let me say this to everybody. You will never get freer. As you grow, as you become more engaged in life, you will never become less busy. If you're becoming less busy, something is wrong. But if all things are being equal and things are going well, I I don't expect that you should become less free. So if you don't have the capacity right now or the discipline to put a balance between spiritual things and earthly things, you'll just be going down even though things are looking normal to you. Your commitment and your conviction towards God is going to drop. Let me show you another scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. This is what Paul says. He says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Guy, the guy loved the world. <laughs> and has departed for Thessalonica, Christians, and for Galatia, Titus, for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. May you be the one they say, you are with God. May you be that person who they say about you, this lady, she's hard work, you know, but when it comes to God, when it comes to church, this lady, she doesn't play with God. Let, 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 let that be your testimony. 
Say amen, somebody. But let that be your testimony. Look at what it says. It says, for he is useful to me. For what? For ministry. Lift your hand up and say, I'll be useful for ministry. Say, make that a prayer. Say, I will be useful for ministry. Come on, make that a prayer again. Say, I will be useful for ministry. Some people are not saying it, and I'm looking at them. I say, say with me, I will be useful for ministry. All right. So Demas has forsaken me because he has loved this present world. Learn to use earthly things for God's glory. Okay? Learn to write that down. Learn to use earthly things for God's glory. Let me show you a parable. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant to at suppers uh, at supper time to say to those who were invited it means they were already invited come for all things are now ready but they all with one accord began to make what excuses i want you to say the word excuses excuse is that there was a definition of excuse i'm trying to remember something nothingness uh, who remembers that definition who remembers do you remember? Come now. Not be say as you come now, you will forget. Do you remember it? Okay. Those who know, know why I'm saying what I'm saying. Give me that definition of excuses. Okay, so excuses are tools of the incompetent to build monuments of nothingness. Tools of incompetence to build monuments of nothingness. Is both a definition and an insult. <laughs> That's the definition of excuse. It is tools of the incompetent to build a monument of nothingness. That's what excuse is. You will not give an excuse to your generation. It's a good prayer. I'm praying for you. Thank you. You didn't forget. <laughs> you didn't forget since... That's good. So, where are we? Verse 18. Next verse. Verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now, let me, let me just say this to you. Work, relationship, and marriage should not take you further away from God. But they should take you closer to him. The money you make from work should be used for his service. Should be used to bless, to, to bless God's people. Relationship should not pull you away from... Any relationship that is pulling you away from God is a problem. From the start, you should know. You don't need a prophet to come and tell you. Marriage should not be an excuse to say that you're being pulled away from God. Do your best. You can, do, you can achieve that because you're married. You can achieve that 
on your knees. You can achieve that by loving. You can achieve that by submission. Do it on, make sure you do everything you can to get closer to God. So these people were just given excuse. Next verse. So that servant came and, and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly onto the streets and lands, or lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highway and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be what filled. Now I want you to see this. He says that my house may be what? Please everybody say that with me. That my house may be what? One more time. That my house may be what? Now the house was not empty because other people gave excuses. If anybody gives excuses, somebody else is going to fill up. That's just what he's trying to tell you. That at the end of the day, excuses don't benefit you. In fact, if you're put in a space where you're being corrected and you're being instructed on what to do that is constructive, embrace it and receive it because it's for your own benefit. Praise God. So whichever way the house is going to be filled, look at what they say. They say, may it not be your portion that God will raise stones in your place to give him praise. If you don't praise him, the the birds of the air will praise him. Stones will cry out to give him praise. But that's not, that's not proper. That's wrong. You should be, he, should, he should hear your voice in praise. He should hear your worship. He should hear your praise. He should see your service. Praise God. And I think I'm going to stop here. We'll continue from where we stop next Sunday. Is that okay? So we talked about, what did we talk about today? Silence and speaking. Then we talked about all right, spiritual things and earthly things. Let me hear back from you. What's the number one we started with? Go back to your notes. What's the first one? Prayer and action. Number two, favor and diligence, love and rebuke, spirit led and submission, to be abased and to abound spontaneous and calculative purpose and ambition revelation and structure silence okay so I didn't do saving or giving right and saving or giving and withholding I'll do that probably next week I just touched on it last week praise God have you been blessed so far If you do these things, your progress will be made known to all. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will do well. The God who gives you all things richly to enjoy is blessing you with supernatural ability to make wealth. Is blessing you with impact and with relevance. Lift your hands up and just wave it to the Lord and thank him for the word you've heard today. Give him praise and give him glory. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.